Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and I have with me on the line Andrew Keyes, he is the co-founder at Consensus Capital. Hello and welcome, Andrew. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. I'm really excited to to dive into what Consensus Capital is all about and what you guys do. Sure. Happy to explore it with you. Wonderful, wonderful. So, who are you? What are you? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Satoshi Nakamoto, and uh, that's obviously a joke, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 from a firm named Consensus and Consensus is the largest software engineering company specifically focused on building blockchain technologies. Uh for those of you uninitiated, I believe put it simply blockchains are essentially the next generation of databases, the internet and cloud computing. And and, and there's a lot to kind of parse out with that, but but basically we've grown to over 800 people in over 40 countries. And we have teams that are that are focused on building everything from implementations of the protocols, like deep uh, PhDs in distributed systems that are building the equivalents of HTTP, TCP, IP, but in a decentralized fashion, up into developer tools and into various products. Wonderful. So give us a little bit of background on yourself. How did you get involved with sure. Consensus sure. and the idea, sure. how did it come to you? 
<laughs> sure. So, so long story short, I, I, uh, my best computer science was spent in high school and college, and it's been technically downhill since then. Uh, and uh, I had uh, worked on Wall Street, and I had also owned a database company that uh, specifically dealt with uh, electronic medical records and the processing of healthcare insurance. And I don't want to bore you with those details, but suffice to say, I learned everything that was wrong with databases and payment systems. And and I and I learned everything that was wrong with databases and payment systems at the same time Bitcoin happened. And and uh, what, what I thought of Bitcoin was that it was a very elementary database and payment system. Uh, basically, it's the world's largest abacus where I can send a bead or or, or a token from me to you without uh, somebody in the middle, whether that's a bank, a notary. And uh, I didn't, I, I thought that it was an advancement in computer science, mathematics, but I thought uh, that it was relatively nascent space. We were kind of in an incipient moment. Uh, but when, when I really got interested was when we were able to add business logic, kind of an if this happens, then payment, else failure. Uh, and, and, and that technology is what has been come to be known as smart contracts. Uh, and, uh, I really got interested in the space when I saw Ethereum, uh, in the early instances of Ethereum. And I met the, one of the co-founders of the Ethereum protocol, a gentleman by the name of Joseph Lubin at the first ever New York city Ethereum meetup. And, uh, went, went, after speaking to him, I, I, thought that this had a potential to be kind of the next generation of our World Wide Web, but with, instead of having kind of intermediaries between our socialization and our uh, commerce and our uh, transaction flows, you know, everything from a Facebook to a Bank of America account to a uh, eBay or Uber or Airbnb, you could literally have that uh, in a peer-to-peer nature. Uh, without, you know, Mark Zuckerberg in the middle, for example. And uh, there were a handful of us about three years ago, and we've just uh, crossed over 800 people. And we have been building these protocols and these applications uh, since inception. So I'd spoken briefly about our protocol or our product side of the house. We really have four main tenants consensus. First is uh, product. Second is enterprise and government consulting. So clients include the Monetary Authority of Singapore, the Emirate of Dubai, Microsoft, J.P. Morgan, British Petroleum, Procter & Gamble, where we teach these big businesses and, and governments essentially what this technology is. We create a safe environment to have a sandbox, and we elucidate proofs of concepts, and we scale those proofs of concepts into production systems. The third core tenant of consensus is education. So we have a a team called Consensus Academy that uh, educates MBAs, computer scientists, lawyers, uh, project managers on this technology and uh, helps create uh, internal resources so we can hire people that pass our academy or companies use this curriculum to uh, enrich their their workforce uh, knowledge on blockchain. And then lastly is capital. Uh, consensus Capital is essentially a constellation of financial services, technologies, 
and, uh, and, and, and service offerings. We have a venture capital uh, fund. We have uh, essentially what I believe to be the next generation of investment banking or equity crowdfunding through a platform called Token Foundry. And then we have uh, various asset management strategies. Wow. So you really are covering the gamut of, of a lot of different things that companies are searching for. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I really think that we look at this technology, you know, broadly speaking, the, 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 the world is looking through this at this technology really uh, via its opening act where, where people uh, and the narrative in the media is really around Bitcoin. Uh, but, but we're looking at it more holistically as the next generation of the world's database systems or, or internet systems, whereby this won't just affect finance or payments or insurance or supply chains or healthcare or, or, or education. This is a macro horizontal disruption to all of those industries, upgrading planet Earth's financial, social, and political operating systems. Wow. You've got your hands full. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about the Consensus Academy. Uh, that sparks my interest because speaking with people a lot of times, they say that one of the biggest uh, issues that they're encountering is that people don't necessarily have a background in, in blockchain or this kind of technology. And so they need people to become educated in it because there's a jobs, um, people scarcity. There's a lot of jobs, but not as many people know how to do it. So is Absolutely. it, tell, tell us more about the Consensus Academy. Yeah. So, so basically our first uh, iteration of, of, of Consensus Academy we, we, we put out our website, it's academy.consensus.net, and we had 1,300 engineers from all around the world apply, and we accepted 10% of them, or about 130, and they took a nine-week class uh, remotely uh, being educated, and if they passed basically the, the, the three-quarter term, not necessarily a midterm, but not a final, um, they were all sent to Dubai. And they were given another test and to participate in a hackathon. And uh, upon successful completion of that, uh, we hired them. Everyone uh, was essentially offered a job. And we had, I, I think, you know, over 85% uh, success rate in, in, hiring the, in, in hiring the personnel. And that was our first Consensus Academy. Uh, we're building the curriculum to be modularizable, meaning that, you know, maybe the first, everybody takes, you know, blockchain 101, but then having blockchain 102 be blockchain for computer scientists versus blockchain for attorneys versus blockchain for MBAs and, and having different curriculum for that. Uh, we've also uh, been approached by external companies that want to have this type of curriculum embedded into their educational practices. So uh, we just finished our first CLE, Continuing Legal Education, where a law firm uh, was able to use this curriculum to have uh, continuing legal education credit. So uh, we, we, we're basically creating uh, kind of jigsaw pieces to, to the education where we can, we can mix and match and have this internally to to have kind of ready and qualified engineers or, and lawyers and project managers or externally where companies can use the curriculum to educate their workforce. Wow. So if a student comes to you, um, what kind of foundation do they need to come with? So uh, basic, 
basic uh, understanding of computer science uh, is what I would say over 50% of the students come to us with. Um, we believe at this point in, in, in the game that the, the most expressive and powerful blockchain is, is, is the one called Ethereum. Uh, and the code base that's used predominantly in production implementation of Ethereum applications is one called Stolidity. And that one is very reminiscent of JavaScript. So if an engineer understands JavaScript, uh, they will get pretty quickly adapted to uh, Solidity. Uh, so, so I think that, uh, for, for, from an engineer's perspective, is, is, the, is the best trade. Absolutely. What are some of the, the predictions you have for this industry? You know, moving forward with the talent you're seeing coming into your your classrooms and the companies you're working with, what are some of the predictions you have? So, so, so I would say first and foremost, I believe that 2018 in the blockchain years is the equivalent of 1994 when the internet exploded in 1996. So, so let me kind of uh, unpack that a little bit for you. So, you know, first and foremost. Uh, we worked on intranets, uh, you know, permissioned databases. Maybe they were for companies. Maybe they were for schools. Um, while the internet was uh, becoming safe, scalable, uh, globally distributed, and that's the first, I would say, parallel that we're seeing right now. Uh, many of the blockchain uh, environments are really these kind of permissioned walled gardens. We're not seeing a lot right onto the big public permissionless networks just yet. They're, they're working on these permissioned blockchain as a services. Uh, and I think that that's one important thing to note. Uh, and, and really, that, that, that's happening because of two things. Blo public permissionless blockchains don't scale well today, and, they, and privacy is expensive. So in the Ethereum ecosystem, there are four main scalability upgrades that should happen over the next two years. One are, are what are called state channels, and a state channel is basically the ability to have uh, batched microtransactions. So let's say if I took all the listeners to the podcast out to the bar, and I gave the bartender my credit card, um, opening that tab would be very similar to opening a state channel. And if I bought everyone a Shirley Temple, and everyone an appetizer, and everyone an entree, and everyone dessert, each of those four rounds, the, the drink, the appetizer, the lunch, the dessert, um, those could be batched off-chain. And then when I close the tab, um, that would all be settled back on-chain. So it's a way to kind of have one transaction on-chain, thousands of microtransactions, um, and then when the bill is done at the end, uh, you, you close that transaction back on-chain. So that's the first main scalability upgrade, and we're already seeing that live in production now. The next is transitioning from what's called proof-of-work, which is the mining that's also very prevalent in Bitcoin, whereby you have these graphics cards that are solving math problems, to what's called proof-of-stake, where it's essentially this virtual depository-based uh, consensus algorithm. Um, Next is what's called sharding, where shards of the database have to form consensus instead of the, the entire blockchain. Um, so, so basically, uh, it's, it's a quicker way to agree on the, the golden source of truth of the blockchain. And then lastly 
is a uh, an upgrade called Plasma that was written by a gentleman by the name of Joseph Poon, who also created the Lightning Network for Bitcoin. And uh, that's essentially having kind of blockchains being built on top of blockchains. And to be completely honest, it's a little bit above my pay grade in, 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 uh, in terms of mental bandwidth. Um, so, so basically, you know, the, in terms of predictions, we're in 1994-96. One, one of the ways that, that, that we're there is because we're seeing a lot of work on intranets versus the internet because of scalability issues. Uh, the, another one is standards. So Java, the, the, the most popular programming language up until about a year or two ago, became J2EE, Java 2 Enterprise Edition, um, and really uh, amassed its user base uh, because it had standards. It had clean web APIs and clean database APIs. And because it had those clean APIs and standards, thousands and eventually millions of developers used it. Very similarly, uh, the Ethereum ecosystem uh, has created what's called the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, which is this open source, non-profit uh, blockchain foundation, kind of like the Linux Foundation, um, specifically dedicated to building standards for the Ethereum protocol. So uh, one of the big standards that uh, everyone uh, is talking about is what's called the ERC-20 standard. And basically what that means is it's, it's a standard for creating a digital token that can represent an asset. So basically, if someone has a wallet and you're using an ERC-20 token, that wallet will definitely, or that token will definitely be able to go into a standard wallet. So creating those types of standards. Um, and lastly, it's kind of building out the application layer. And we're seeing thousands of engineers every day creating new projects. And, and I think, you know, very similar to from 96 to 2006, when 85% uh, of the companies that were dot-coms went to zero, I think we will see a very similar arc uh, and, 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 and kind of uh, process of, of, of booms and busts. Um, but, but I think that that's a, a healthy way to build an ecosystem. So I think that we're in very early days of the next generation of the World Wide Web and database technology. And uh, it's a great time to be alive uh, if you're interested in financial technology. Oh, absolutely. And and with Consensus Me Media and Consensus Capital, you guys are across the board involved in so many different little factors that contribute to a greater understanding for people to get involved. Exactly. You know, you know, we, we're trying to holistically be inclusive of not just the engineers. I think right now the engineers are very important because they obviously are building the uh, the actual technology. But it's also important to teach other layers in the stack. You know, under you know, explain to the public you know why there is fake news versus how you could do that with creating peer-to-peer -peer reputational attributes where you could have, you know, the news or, or writers or reporters get graded and, and develop actual reputation. Uh, things like that are, 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 are what we're trying to do. We're trying to educate, you know, what the, the price discovery mechanism is for an intermediary in any transaction. So, you know, Uber takes 35% of the ride 
Um, but Uber provides this user experience. It provides insurance. But, you know, what is the true value of Uber in any transaction for providing this thin layer of trust uh, and intermediation and user experience and, and, and really kind of educating the world on what mediation is, where the value lies, and if that value should move from the intermediary of a transaction to the to counterparties of the transaction. That makes sense. So working with all of this and working on so many different different parts of it, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned? <sighs> um, I think a, a few of the biggest lessons I've learned is, A, not to underestimate incumbent uh, network effects, you know, whether that's recognizing, you know, the power that, you know, the cloud providers already have or the existing enterprise consultants like the big fours and the IBMs of the world already have with uh, existing clientele or just just kind of how everyone could understand this decentralized peer-to-peer -peer world, but uh, the amount of time and effort and education that it gets, uh, it takes to get from, you know, uh, where we are today versus where we're going to. Um, I think that it's important to recognize that it's a small world and to be truthful and honest with uh, your clients and your collaborators and, and yourself um, because uh, th this is moving very quickly. It will be a very competitive landscape and uh, really have, you, I think you really have to think of what the not only the one-year plan is, but the 10-year plan and the 50-year plan is, and, and, and if this really does make sense. Um, I, I've learned not to underestimate the human spirit. I've, I've been so inspired by so many of the entrepreneurs uh, and engineers that are working kind of 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year to ship applications and products in this ecosystem that really hasn't even been created yet. So the amount of kind of creative thought processing one has to have because we're building applications for a protocol that isn't even finished yet. So it's, it's like a startup within a startup within a startup. So uh, lots of learning lessons. It, sound, it sounds like it. And I love that you said that you brought up a couple times, you know, the humanistic aspect of all of this, because it's easy to get when you're in a financial thing, or if you're talking about blockchain and computers and Bitcoin, all this, it's very easy to lose the human aspect. You lose the human element, but you always need to be aware that the person on the other end of that computer is a person. They have hopes and dreams and goals and motives that are similar to, to your own, and to always keep that in mind moving forward. Agreed. agreed. Mm -hmm. Well, Andrew, this has been really, really eye-opening, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us. How should people connect with you? I know you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, your yep. website. Uh, What's the best way? Yeah, at Consensus Andrew on Twitter uh, works pretty well. Uh, and Andrew.Keys at Consensus.net via email. Wonderful. Well, our listeners can get in touch with you now. And thank you again so much for joining us here today. It was, it was truly a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, 
artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.